Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tram Tram. We've reached the fourth destination of the shipping cruise and that means yet another couple to discuss. To discuss this couple, I am joined by a very special guest. Announce yourself special guest. I am Talia Franks, uh, pronouns they them. I'm a podcaster, poet, writer, cosplayer, Yes, I'm, and I love Doctor Who. It's been it's a slight obsession of mine for mm, probably more than half my life now. Um, I've been a lover of Doctor Who. Uh, and also, in case you can tell from my accent, I'm American. I'm calling in from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. You've got your own podcast. Yes, I did. Yeah, so I said I was a podcaster, but I forgot to say the podcast. Yes. So I am co-host and executive producer of the Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey podcast, which is a retrospective podcast analysis podcast where we go through and talk about every episode of Doctor Who, um, starting with Christopher Eccleston in 2005. And we've also been making episodes about current releases. A few incidents have occurred that mean that we haven't been putting out episodes as regularly as we want to but that is uh the wibbly wobbly nature of it all I suppose (laughs) I've got to say I am a big fan of your podcast I would say I'm addicted to your podcast I'm I'm glad that you like it a lot of people seem to be enjoying it which is amazing for me um that we've been growing our audience especially because our audience grew uh as we stopped posting as regularly which I think is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but, you know, I am, like I said, I'm a podcaster, lover of Doctor Who. I also do Doctor Who cosplay, primarily as the Fugitive Doctor and the 15th Doctor, but I also sometimes do Martha, Bill, and Yaz. Um, I'm very excited, um, about this new era with the 15th Doctor because Shutigawa is amazing, um, and I'm just so excited uh, for what's coming next. There are some things that I've I've taken issue with, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm excited and hopeful for this season. Also recently um, wrote a chapter of a Doctor Who reader mm-hmm. that was just published in November, Adventures Across Time and Space, I think is what it's called. I'm... I'm so I should remember the title of my own contributor book, but my chapter was Forks in the Fandom Road, and it was basically about divergent views on Doctor Who and fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I I also really like to highlight when talking about Doctor Who is the fact that the fandom is so large, yeah. um, and a lot of us have very different opinions um, in including that there is a lot of unwarranted hateration against uh, the 13th Doctor and the 15th Doctor and sort of the Doctor's gender fluidity. And I don't have time to entertain opinions like that because the Doctor is inherently gender fluid and I love that for them. 
Yes. Um, I'm very excited. How could you be anything other than gender fluid when you live in a society where you could be any sex at any point in your life? Your your parent yeah. could wake up a different sex. How could you have one solid fixed identity? Yeah. And one of the things too that I find really interesting is part of my uh part of my headcanon regarding the master is that part of the reason that he was so like the spy master is so like terrible and upset isn't just because just because like he found out about the timeless child and all that it's actually also because when he regenerated out of missy um i like i can my headcanon is that missy was a real moment of gender euphoria for the master mm-hmm. and then when they regenerated back into a man they were upset by it that's my personal headcanon yeah, and Zazman is a really important ship to me because yeah. I I love thinking about um, having a like canonically gender fluid character and like in a mixed race relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is really Im- important to see on television. When you look at Ten Rose versus Zazman. There are a lot of similarities um, in terms of, like, how the relationship happens. And I think people who are opposed to, um, like, doctor-companion relationships should be opposed both. Yes. And if you're not opposed both and you support Ten Rose but not Phasmin, like, perhaps that is just someone's, like, personal headcanonship. But it is you know, the doctor is the same character. So yeah. it's actually, the uh, the difference is that there's a straight passing relationship between two, um, like, cis passing characters um, that are both white versus this relationship, this mixed race relationship with, um, is the sapphic mixed race relationship um, with one of the characters being canonically gender fluid is a very different, it creates a very different vibe, um, in terms of representation and in terms of how people interpret it. I actually wrote a whole essay about, um, Ten Rose and Thasman and comparing them. It's on my website. It's, um, it's taliafriends.com. And then when you go to, my um posts you'll see it but it's um because i gave a presentation at gallifrey one in 2023 um at their tardis talks academic symposium um discussing the uh, differences between ten rose and thasmin and so it's definitely um something that i feel very strongly about in terms of how people interpret the relationship and honestly i think for me, part of the reason I didn't initially like 10 Rose is because of the fact that I think it's really problematic to have the doctor being shipped with a human who's like thousands of years younger than them, just in terms of like life experience and things that they have going on. And that's part of the reason why I like Thasmin is because you can see that the 13th doctor and Yaz love each other and want to be together but the doctor explicitly says you know like i can't i have too much baggage i have too much experience that you don't have 
Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why I really appreciate it. I think it's just a lot in terms of um, when you think about power dynamics, when you think about life experience, it's really, I get really uncomfortable shipping yeah. a doctor with a companion who's so young. Yes. Um, and that's part of why I actually really appreciate the doctor in the mastership because they have that, um, they have that level of past experience with each other. They have mm. similar lifespans. They've gone through a lot together, which is part of why I really appreciated that um, scene between Missy and Clara. I think of all the companions that the doctor has just had a really solid relationship with and the best chemistry with, I think that's definitely 13 and Yaz mm. and um, 12 and Clara yeah. and 10 and Donna and 9 and Rose, I feel like are some of the characters that have like the best chemistry together. And that does leave out Martha and Bill, which is interesting because those are actually my favorite companions. Yeah. Martha, Bill, and Yaz are my favorite companions. And um, me personally, I think... I think that Bill and 12 also have great chemistry together, but I will never forgive anyone for the end of season 10 and <laughs> Bill's ending. It's just so messed up when you think about it from the perspective of this is a black queer woman who is being, uh, who's like shot in the chest because someone was like scared of her mm. and then she was forcibly converted into another being that she did not consent to that surgery and then she um was not allowed to engage with emotions like the doctor mm. even like tells her that she's not allowed to feel or have big emotions and like black women are consistently being um uh, seen as threats when they're not they're um you know there's the trope of the angry black woman there's mm -hmm. the trope of you know non-consensual surgery like part of the reason that we as society know so much about modern gynecology is because of extremely unethical experience experiments um against black women um and then that's not even getting into like conversion therapy and like uh in terms of people being gay mm -hmm. and so it's all just a giant fuster cluck and i i will never forgive anyone for what happened to bill nice. so i have i have feelings but i know that we're not this is not like no. what was on the no but i think point. it's I think it's really interesting and it's a perspective that I personally haven't seen with that ending. So I will go back and watch again with what you have said in the back of my mind or in the forefront of my mind. I also just realised because it's a podcast, y'all can't see me. If you don't know who I am, I am black. Um, and uh, that it, I realised I didn't actually visit that. But that's like my perspective as a mm. black queer person. Yeah how I interpret Bill. Um, and I think it's so important to get different perspectives because, yeah. like you say, you see it in one particular way, somebody else might see it in a different way, and I think it's important to take on board other people's perspectives as well because 
we do, we don't interact with this material in a vacuum. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of different things come into play, and I think it's so interesting to hear somebody else's perspective. Yeah, that's part of what we really love about um, having our the Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey podcast mm. is because um, you know I am a black American, Lucia is a white Australian, we live on opposite sides of the world, and we have like completely, not completely different perspectives, but we have different perspectives and we like allow each other to um, like bounce off each other and have um, conversations about that. And I gotta say, scheduling is a complete nightmare though. (laughs) Who are the 13th Doctor and Yaz? Shall we start with the 13th Doctor first? Yeah, uh, sure. So the 13th Doctor, honestly, she's very important to me because she is the first uh, the first woman that we've had as the Doctor, as the full-time Doctor. See, the thing is, is when you think about all the Doctors and all their different personalities, a lot of people might expect, because gender norms, might expect the, the 13th Doctor to be much more... I guess, like, emotionally mature and, um, and, like, sort of soft and caring and loving and stuff. And the thing is, she is those things, Mm. but she's also incredibly repressed and has a lot of trouble engaging with her emotions Mm. and, uh, and she bottles everything up. And I feel like it's very much a continuation of, the sort of arc that the doctor has been on in terms of the modern series and uh the 13th doctor one thing i do appreciate too is she protects her companions in a way that none of them have unhappy endings like in the in the giggle when um the toy maker was showing all of the terrible things that had happened to the doctor's companions there wasn't anyone from the 13th doctor era because she actually was the one who like protected her companions Mm -hmm. and made sure that they actually got home safe. Um, And I feel like the 13th doctor has a sort of coldness to her, like a sort of um, like she, I guess is always, always putting on, uh, putting on a show in terms of, you know, how she, uh, how she feels about things. Um, and she's definitely not as a, I would say the doctor's never been particularly emotionally mature, um, in terms of like, they just bury things down Mm. so, so much that it, it, they, they struggle to, um, really communicate with anyone again, because their companions are all so much younger than them. Mm. Um, I feel like the 13th doctor really feels her age and feels her loss in um in a way that uh is sort of masqueraded um by the sort of like happy front that she puts on yeah yeah she's definitely unafraid to make hard decisions like when you think about one thing that i know a lot of people had criticism of in flux is how the 13th doctor just like let the suntarans die like like let them completely be sacrificed and like like committed a whole ass genocide against them and i know sorry am i allowed to swear yes 
Okay. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of people thought it was hooked up, and there was like um, there was this really visceral reaction that I saw from a lot of people being like, this is not something that the doctor would do. And past male doctors have all done that. And I think people have a lot of criticism of the doc of the 13th doctor for acting the exact same way that a different doctor would have acted. Yes. And can like, I just jump in there and say, as yeah. somebody who is a fan of the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy, he did mm-hmm. much worse things. And he also manipulated his companion, Ace. He kind of moulded her to become... I don't know what you want to say. It's not really a warrior. It's sort of... He was modelling her to become what he would have liked the Time Lords to be like, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I completely... Yeah, I agree with you. There is no validation in the argument that the 13th Doctor acted out of character at all there. Yeah, and also, I think in terms of similarities between Doctors, the 13th Doctor and the 10th Doctor are incredibly similar. They are so, so similar. I think if the 13th Doctor is similar to any of the previous Doctors, it's most similar to 10. Yeah. There are so many different, like, there's so many different parallels, so many different ways in which they connect they act similar a lot of the criticism that people have for 13 they would not have if it was 10 and 13 and 10 are so similar and especially that moment one of the other moments that uh bothers me in terms of the 13 doctor is that i actually like the scene which is when which is when graham is talking to the doctor about feeling like worried that his cancer is going to come back and the doctor has an incredibly awkward response because she doesn't know how to respond to that, um, but she but she basically is as comforting as like she can be, but also she's kind of awkward about it and um, doesn't really know what to do. And a lot of people were criticizing Thirteen for that because you know when a character is a woman, there is like an expectation that she will be more like comforting in like in tune with uh making um making other people feel better. And it's like no, the doctor like would like no other doctor really would feel. Like, I don't think any doctor would really feel comfortable in that position. Yeah. Like, I know, like, I can easily imagine the exact same scene with 11, with 12, with 10. My 9 bias, 9 is definitely my one of my favorite doctors. Although, I will say, Shutigatwa, 15th Doctor, is actually my favorite now. I know it's only been, like, one and a half episodes, <laughs> but he's already my favorite. When you think about real conversations that you have with people, when they tell you these things, when they drop these bombs, sometimes even as humans, you struggle to to know what to say. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be stunned into silence. You don't want to say the wrong thing. But it's not in your wheelhouse to know what to say. But if you look at the doctor mm-hmm. who lives in a society probably where cancer's not, a thing because I don't think that many degenerative diseases seem to exist in time lords because they can just regenerate so mm-hmm. how would you go about even attempting to deal with what someone was saying because you've got absolutely no concept of what that must feel like at all yeah if the doctor is in any way injured all they have to do is regenerate it, it's one of the things also that reminds me of how 
different the doctor and their human or alien companions are so for me that's again like circling back to relationships why i feel like there's definitely an imbalance um in terms of the doctor and their human companions especially their very young human companions because you think about like Yaz and and Rose and actually now also Ruby all started being companions when they were 19. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the things that like stands out to me actually about Ruby is that this actress is genuinely 19 years old. Like Millie Gibson is 19 years old. Yeah. To give her her full name, Yasmin Khan, and what she means to you. I really love Yaz for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I love her so much is because she grows a lot over the t- over the course of um, the Thirteen Doctor seasons. She is with the Doctor like for her in or basically her entire regeneration, mm-hmm. um, and aside from like the Doctor will sometimes go on side quests and leave the fam on Earth. But one of the things I just love about her so much is how she really, like, grows into her own. She can fly the TARDIS on her own. She, like, gets stranded in a completely different century. And she's, like, cool as a cucumber, like, able to, like, able to get things done. And I just really, I love how, like, independent she is. Mm. Like, she relies on the doctor, but she's also, like, a badass in her own right in terms of, like, the way that she's grown and, like, and matured and, like, learned how to be with the doctor. And she's just so integral to the doctor's, the 13th doctor story. Yeah. And it really bothers me when people will often say that Yaz has, like, no arc and no personality and everything but like she's gone through so much and her like personal arc with the doctor is just really powerful to me um and especially especially when you think of flux yeah because the fact that that season happened the fact that doctor who like survived covid the it's amazing that it turned out as well as it did and like were there problems with it yes but also it was originally supposed to be eight episodes and they cut it down to six like it it, that's like almost two hours of runtime that are lost Mm. um a lot of people have recently um now that it's the new era with rtd have been saying stuff like oh like rtd saved doctor who yeah and it's like no he didn't like doctor who doctor who would have been I think Doctor Who would have been fine without him if they had a different showrunner but in they're saying like oh Doctor Who is back or whatever it's like Doctor Who always been here like the 13th Doctor like I said before has as much character to her is as much the Doctor as any other Doctor Mm. and it acts very in character for the Doctor and like having Yaz as her companion I think people just didn't didn't like that there was this like queer Muslim woman on the TARDIS and as the doctor's like number one companion. Do you think that they're coming from a place maybe where they haven't seen this and what they've seen is maybe clips on YouTube? A lot of the hateration that people have for Doctor Who are people who aren't even watching it. <clears throat> yeah. Like some people hate watch it. 
but a lot of people aren't even watching it. They're just watching commentary. Because as I said, it got a lot harder to watch Doctor Who mm-hmm. in the US. You had to put in a lot more effort. It's it's definitely a contributing factor that I feel like isn't taken enough into account. Something that sort of resonated with me, and you've brought that back up as well when you said about Yazzie's growth, is how much she reminds me of a classic era companion who is Joe Grant, who was companion to the third Doctor. And I think something that they wanted to do, because I watched the commentaries on the DVDs and the the Blu-rays that I have, something that the writers had wanted to do then was make a romantic poem between the third Doctor and Joe, which they didn't end up doing. But it kind of feels to me, when I watched Yaz, and when I when I was listening to what you were saying, it kind of feels like maybe that was fulfilled a little bit with the 13 and Yaz having that romantic pairing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, c- I can see that. I Joe Grant is probably my favorite classic companion. She's great. She's amazing. Um, and I just love her so much. And also, especially because Katie Manning is just one of my favorite people. Yeah. Yeah, she's <laughs> rocking it. She, uh, Katie Manning is so, so sweet. She, um, I ended up, uh, I've, I've met her a few times because she's been to a few conventions that I've also been at. And she's just like, so nice and so friendly and she gives amazing hugs mm. i just want everyone to know that like if you've never met katie manning i just want you to know she gives the best hugs she's so cool but i something yeah. that gets my go is when people say that the classic companions didn't have any personality because they've obviously not watched the show this is a show yeah, no, that gives you, you, you barbara and ian jamie zoe Joe, Sarah Jane, the Romanas, to name but a few, Ace, my favourite ever companion of all time. To imply that, like, Tegan had no personality? Oh, yeah, don't even start. Oh, my God. Don't even, like, oh, my God. Like, it's ridiculous. If anyone says that, they obviously have not been watching and need to, and and, or need a serious class on media literacy. (laughs) Uh, for real I was a fan of Mandit Gill before she did Doctor Who because over here and I'm sure you might be aware of this from your I don't know how many deep dives you've done on Mandit Gill but I'm a fan of a soap opera called Hollyoaks which she was a character on she was an amazing character on it called Phoebe McQueen and when I heard that she was it's a great name, isn't it? I think we need a Phoebe in the TARDIS at some point because we need that moon planetary thing going on. But when I heard that she was going to be the companion, I thought we are in safe hands because she is incredible. She can act. And they paired her with a really, really good actress in Hollyoaks, an older actress. And they were always so good together. And I had no worries. I was like, this, this is a great TARDIS team. And I wasn't wrong. <laughs> the one quibble I have with the TARDIS team of Graham, Ryan, and Yaz mm-hmm. is it should have been Grace. Like, the fact that Grace dies is, like, one of my big, big issues because I'm like, why did you have to fridge this older, amazing black woman who is so, so amazing? And I love everything about Grace. Can I ask you another question? Sure. How do you feel about the 14th Doctor not looking for Yaz in any way. Oh, I, I, 
I love that, actually. Really? I think, yeah. Because Yaz's doctor was 13. Mm-hmm. And if Yaz, like, Yaz could have stayed on with the doctor. Like, Yaz could have, mm. like, it, irrespective of the fact that, like, there was era turnover and, um, and, like, they're moving on and, like, everything... The, the thing that stops Yaz from continuing to travel with the doctor is that 13 is her doctor. Yeah. And it just wouldn't be the same with a different doctor. Like, it wouldn't be, like, 13 is the doctor that Yaz loved and traveled with and, like, holds close. Like, every every companion has, like, their doctor, right? Yes. Um, And I think having Yaz be with 14 would be like a disservice to 13 and Yaz's relationship. I think like at some point, like 14 is obviously going to run into Yaz because they have that whole companion support group that Donna's going to be invited to. So mm. like, obviously the doctor's probably going to pop up in moments at some point, but I think having Yaz interact with any other doctor would just feel wrong to me. If you think about it, Yaz still has the doctor. <laughs> Because remember, the doctor had like implanted those things in Yaz, yeah, Tegan and Ace that yeah. like basically manifested. So she never took those out. You never see her take those out. So it's enti- entirely canon compliant for Yaz to have a personal holographic doctor hanging around her all the time. <laughs> I love that. It's completely possible that Yaz is going around with her hologram doctor. <laughs> like being being her buddy whenever she like goes into trouble she's gonna have the doctor right there now all i can envision there though is tegan and the fifth doctor having invisible arguments because let's face it that's what would happen they'd be in the middle of sainsbury's and then they'd start arguing about kumquats and this is just (laughs) an australian woman talking to thin air (laughs) that'd be amazing i need to see this (laughs) really important to me that like we have that moment where yaz like doubts whether or not she would have like rather known the doctor at all but then in the end yaz makes the choice to leave Mm. like she's not forced to to make like she like she has that sort of autonomy autonomy yeah and it's so powerful. And hopefully she comes back because unlike all the Moffat companions, other than Bill, I mean, Bill made the choice to go after all that terrible, all those terrible things happened to her. She got the choice, didn't she? Whether she, because Heather said, I can put you back as you were, or you can come with me. And potentially Bill could come back as well. So I'd love to, because Bill's one of my favourite companions, I'd love to see Bill and Yaz come back in a spin-off or in the main series. It'd be amazing. Did you ever listen to, during lockdown, there was like a recording thing that was done that um, like was basically like Bill and Nardole talking to each other across space and time. Yes, I did. And like Bill was saying that like she and Heather were on a break, so she was back on Earth for a while. Yeah. Um, And I think that is... That's brilliant. I would love to see Yaz and Bill together. And honestly, you know, I kind of ship it. Because, you know, if Heather's out of the picture and they're on a break or whatever, Bill's back on Earth, Yaz is back on Earth. I'm just saying, it could happen. It could happen. No, I mean, let's be honest. If 
Mickey and Martha got together, then anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Anything is possible, yeah. (laughs) So... I think I've taken up enough of your time. I've had just the most amazing chat and listening to you. I see things in different perspectives now. Thank you. I have I have enjoyed it a lot. Oh, that's this brilliant. It's uh, been fun. Yeah, thank you for taking uh-huh. the time. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Oh,